Welcome into Football and Other F-Words. My name is Zach Lyons, and I'm joined by Stoney Keeley, who is enjoying some nachos from the Rolling Recipe. It is a food truck here at 555 East Main Street in Hendersonville, Tennessee, for the Bluegrass Beverages 50th Anniversary Party, something that we've been talking about for weeks. Those are the the around-the-world Southern Nachos from the Rolling Recipe, who is also going to be having a brick-and-mortar pop-up called The Recipe in Old Hickory, and it's going to be a beer-cade. We are joined by Adam Sinks, who is the proprietor of Bluegrass Beverages. He's been good enough and kind enough to sponsor Football and Other F-Words with Bluegrass Beverages and a football show with Sinkers Beverages. I'm going to pass the mic to him to kind of tell you everything that's going on right now, and I'm going to go grab us our first batch of samples for all the fine breweries that are behind us. Awesome. Thanks, Zach. Stoney, thanks for uh, being here today. Cheers to everybody. Um, we are doing a bit of a uh, miniature beer festival today. We're trying a bunch of different stuff. We've got some uh, vodka. We've got wine. We've got a bunch of beer. We've got some vodka seltzer-based products, um, a lot of local breweries. One is based out here in Hendersonville called Half Batch Brewing. We've got some Wagner family wines. Um, and, yeah. Um, some other local uh, breweries like Music City Beer Company, Jackalope, Creature Comfort. So um, if you're watching this live, please come on down and, and join us. Like Zach said, we've got some uh, some food trucks here. We got like a slushy and ice cream thing for the for the kiddos. Frosted uh, Luau. Some, yeah. Frosted Luau, Luau showed right. up. We've got um, we got the Vols game on. So uh, I, I don't want to take up too much time here, but we're celebrating um, Bluegrass's 50th anniversary this year. The company was founded by my grandfather in 1973. So the whole month of September, we're going to be doing several of these events. Um, a couple that I'll highlight real quick. On September 29th, we are doing a wine dinner actually across the street at Bluegrass Country Club. You can purchase tickets to that event um, on our website. That's going to be with. Um, we're going to feature Camus uh, Cabernet, That's good. which is a, That's a really pretty uh, banging wine. But the Wagner family out of Napa, California, makes that wine. It's a five-course dinner. We're going to pair each course with a different Wagner family wine. We're trying some of those wines here today. Uh, and then the day after that, so that the wine dinner is Friday, September 29th. Um, the following Saturday on the 30th, we're going to do something very similar to what we're doing today here, uh, but that is going to be a bourbon and tequila focused tasting okay, event. Very so, well. uh, mark your calendars for that. We've got mm. lot, food trucks lined up for that as well. Uh, we'll have college football on. Um, these events, the event today and the bourbon and tequila tasting on the 30th are free and open to the public. Um, the wine dinner on Friday the 29th is a ticketed event. Uh, and we'll be raising money for the local Chamber of Commerce Foundation, which supports local schools and te teachers and, um, you know, resources for teachers to put in the classrooms and, and for students and all that kind of stuff. So can I wear my flip flops to the wine dinner? You might want to change your flip flops. I got to change my dinner, flip flops. I can't, I can't wear my in. flip flops in the manner. Okay. But, um, you guys enjoy yourself. We're really glad that you're here. Happy to be uh, here. Thanks for having got us. got a lineup. I know it's not in the shot, but you've got a lineup of a uh, bunch of beers there. So I hope you enjoy yourselves. And uh, cheers, guys. Cheers. Yeah, go cheers. Balls, go Titans. Yeah. Thanks for being here. There you go. Cheers. Thanks, guys. So All right. This is. We got here first is a Voodoo Brewing 
lacto cooler sour l and it's a the can looks like the old ecto cooler from ghostbusters that slimer on it you know if you remember those from the 90s so i'm pretty sure that's where they got this from so our our boy ethan back here who works at bluegrass beverages he's a he's got the ut game on his phone got to hold in the can right there um he doesn't follow us on twitter so we're a little miffed at ethan right now but hopefully we'll get that corrected later today he said he thought he'd heard of me before so He's my favorite now. Maybe it's just my ego is a little bruised. Yeah. Yeah, local celebrity. So well, cheers. cheers. Let's get this thing started. Cheers to 50 cheers. years. 50, 50 years. years of bluegrass beverages. That may be going on the boat with us later. That's pretty good. It does. <laughs> That's pretty good. It's sour. It's sour, but I like it. Okay. Thank you, Adam. Appreciate right. that. So give us a give us a quick review of the nachos before we get into our Titans prediction show. So we're talking the rolling recipe. All right. Good, good people over here, even though they're Auburn fans. Uh, they found out that we were Alabama fans. So we need to like we need to uh, inspect those nachos just to be sure. Yes. I'm not going to be shitting my brains out later. Sabotage. In all seriousness, good nachos. I kind of wish I hadn't eaten one before because now I'm going to be sitting here trying to talk about Harold Landry. And I'm just going to be staring at these nachos the whole show. They smell the so fucking time. good. They were good. Yeah, I mean, they a little smell bit of, so good. A little bit of chicken, a little bit of pork, a little bit of uh, barbacoa beef in there. You see the green onions, the drizzle on top, the barbecue sauce, and the uh, the waffle fries that are just cooked to perfection, nice and crispy. The rolling recipe is actually a food truck that has a really good reputation around Nashville. I've been trying to track it down from the, the best food trucks app myself for like two years. Saw it during the uh, the COVID time. And now we've got them right here, and we've got some nachos. So it's a, it's a good meal. It's a, it's a great time to be alive here in Hendersonville at Bluegrass Beverages. Well, Stoney, I'm going to get to our first prediction. we got lots of Titans okay. prediction to go to. He's going to get us another beer from the, uh, from the samples. We'll get that, too. Okay. Get yep. both. Y'all know how I be with my legal uh, Yeah. And we're going to do whatever you're grabbing. Let's do it right there. But we're going to start off our Titans prediction show. We are going to end with playoff predictions, division predictions, and, of course, their record prediction. But first, we're going to start off with the Harold Landry Sacks prediction. I got the over-under, Stoney, set at 8.5. And here's how I came to that number. I looked at the average sacks per season for Harold Landry since he became a full-time starter. So that's three seasons. Okay. Now, his, including his rookie year, and that came out to 8.8. Right. And I'm not a true believer in Harold Landry, as people may know. And we're on the same page so far. And the high of 2021 was 12. The low was in 2020, the previous year, 5.5. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think 8.5 is a good number to start at. Where are you at? Over or under 8.5 sacks? I'm going under, and the exact number that I wrote down was 7. I think um, you think about this defense from a philosophical standpoint. You you look at the numbers in 2022. They hurried the quarterback at a uh, a really high clip. They were one of the the best in the league at hurrying the quarterback, but it didn't translate to sacks. They were back end of the of the league in terms of actually finishing and getting sacks. But I think it goes to Mike Vrabel's philosophy as a coach. And I think it was Kevin Clark of the Ringer that did a really good piece yes. on Vrabel and. Our buddy Mike Herndon, who I'm filling in for today, quoted that with Vrabel's philosophy being affect the opposing quarterback, protect the ball, and throw the ball efficiently. On defense, 
affecting the quarterback does not necessarily mean sacking the quarterback. I think they are happy with just generating pressure, regardless of whether they actually finish with the tackle or not. So you've added some pieces around Harold Landry. Uh, Arden Key, I think, as I wrote on stackingtheinbox.com, my uh, film study of him, pass rush personified. I think he's going to be the sack artist for this defense, and it's going to be a running mate for Harold Landry that he hasn't had yet. It's not just going to be a, um, I don't mean to take, take shots here, but it's not just going to be. We don't take shots on this show. I don't know if you've ever listened. To it, we definitely gonna, do not take shots at players. It's not just going to be a force multiplier on the other side of the defense from Harold Landry this season. So I think Arden Key is going to get a lot of sacks, and I think you're going to see Harold Landry hit right around that seven, seven and a half mark. So I'm going the under. I like it. I'm actually going to go the over. And, okay. And, and okay. it comes down to the effect of adding Travis Gibson. Yeah. So mm-hmm. Harold Landry is a leech. And what I mean by that is that he leeches off the success of others. So his success is dependent on other people. So if Arden Key were to go down, Travis Gibson steps in, you're yeah. still good. Like I feel like that's not and it's not quite a one for one, you know, swamp. But I feel like the double team rate that Travis Gibson had generated in the previous years and his success versus the double team still will help when Harold Landry is off. The thing that is the most concerning about going over, and I'm going over right at nine. Okay. The most concerning thing is okay. how much do they actually play Harold Landry? Does he get the amount of snaps that he has gotten in previous years? And that's my concern because at this point, Harold Landry, if he is not, he needed all those snaps to get to 12. He needed all those snaps to get to 5.5. Yeah. So if he's not getting a lot of snaps, that may be a, his snap to pressure rate is a little low. So that's where right now my concern is, but I'm going to go nine, which is kind of odd because I'm not a Harold Landry guy. And from what we know, healthy summer so far, healthy preseason yeah. so far, but I still can't help but wonder if they're not going to want to ease him into the season. And that might affect the overall volume of snaps that he gets to your point. Okay. So what beer are we, we drinking right now? This is, um, I forgot already. Let's see. <laughs> Creature Comforts Tropical IPA. Tropical IPA. I'm an IPA creature guy. Comforts. You you are an IPA guy. Big IPA guy. Yeah. Mm. Hmm. That's it for me. That's pretty I good. That's a I pretty good it. IPA. A very smooth yeah. IPA from Creature Comforts Tropical IPA. I'll give that we're, to you. Yeah, we're on the. Fl- oh, you're giving it to. Yeah, me. I'm giving that okay. to you. We're on the fly here. So we are. We're just we're just rolling. We're just rolling through. All right, because I think we got almost a sample of question, if I'm if my math is right. Um, Are we ready for another one? So we're we're going for another another one. Yeah, we'll do another question. Then we'll we'll go to another beer here. Okay, we got the guy who's getting sacks. We got now. Let's talk about a guy that is giving up sacks. Okay, I got a good. Okay, so this is really interesting, right? right? I'm ready. So we're going to the complete opposite end of the the football field to Andre Dillard. Okay, so I want to know the sacks given up by Andre Diller. Remember, last year, Dennis Daly gave up a shit ton of sacks. I mean, like double-digit sacks, right? sacks. He averaged 0.7 sacks per game. That is almost a sack every game Yes, Dennis Daly was playing football. So when I was looking at Andre Dillard's stats from 2021 when he was playing for the Philadelphia Mm -hmm. Eagles, he played 250 pass-blocking snaps. Okay. Last year, the Tennessee Titans had around 530 plays. So if you kind of extrapolate those two b- bits of data, you get that he would normally get probably like 2.2 sacks over 550 dropbacks. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Now I'm following. 
I will say this. Everybody's really down on Andre Dillard. So I bumped it up because everybody thinks he's slow. Uh, Trevor Maddich caught him soft on the 102.5 The Game. Tough scene. Um, Tough people scene. are just really down on Andre Dillard. So I, I mean, wanted to bump it up. And I'm going to 4.5 sacks given up. Okay. Over or under okay. 4.5 sacks. I'm going over. And Woo! for me, I'm listen, we're going to get into some funny math. I like my funny figures. I got some funny figures today, but this one is very simple. Dennis Daly gives up 12 sacks last year. I think Andre Dillard is twice as good as Dennis Daly. So I'm going to half that and I'm going to say six. Wow. That's but a think, low bar to clear, though, to be just yeah. <laughs> twice as good. Yeah. But I think there there is something that impacts this figure that um, we need to talk about, and it's the change in offense. It's a new offensive system, and we don't know. I mean, I figure priority will be Ryan Tannehill getting the ball out quicker, which theoretically might make it easier for the offensive linemen to pass protect. So it could be not necessarily uh, an indictment on Andre Dillard or a, um, a decision on Andre Dillard as much as it is like a byproduct of the system as well. I think that's just some consideration to make there. I figured a man with a 19-leg parlay going right now would be be a little bit more of a gambler, but you, you, you're you going over. Safe. I Play am going under. When it comes to my professional credibility, yeah. I take okay. that very seriously, I as like, everyone knows. I like, to, I like to be a little bit different, and I am you're going under. under, and I just think that, there's going to be different ways for this team for defenses to attack different parts of the interior. Yeah. Uh, like they may attack, choose to attack Aaron Brewer more or mm -hmm. choose to attack the right tackle in the first six games Whoever over overtaking Andre Dillard. Instead yeah. of loading up on the left side, they may load up on the right in the interior. So I think that it's going to generate some opportunity for him to avoid giving up some sacks. Not yeah. necessarily yeah. saying that he's skillful. Even though the whole reason the Tennessee Titans have made this offensive line is for pass blocking purposes. Yeah. But I think we're going to go under 4.5 sacks for me, over 4.5 for you. That's a uh, that's a great point, though, because those things matter when you're talking about a number like this. It's like if they load up on the right side, nobody's coming after Andre Dillard. Well, then he's not going to give up sacks. If Ryan Tannehill is getting the ball out twice as quickly, not going to be giving up sacks. So. Yep. That's smart football analysis. You know, just it's all that scheme and, you know, Derrick Henry and DeAndre Hopkins and all these other yeah. factors that factor into yeah. it. I'm with you. All right. Grab us another drink and okay. then we'll we'll all set this next question up and we'll we'll get you to tell us to drink. That way you don't forget what it is. All right. I'm, I'm with it now. We are drinking Music City Beer Company's Citrus Wheat. Citrus Wheat. We're drinking a lot of beers I don't normally drink. I'm a, I'm a not, very basic I'm a very basic uh, bitch guy. I'm like a okay. pale lager, pilsners, yeah. you know, American blondes, kind of a basic bitch guy. I I venture into this stuff, but it's like like we're going out to a boat later. When am yeah. I really going to be crushing? It's going to be like a light beer, you know. But we'll try it. I might fish something out of the lake and like what, I did in Mobile. What was this again? This is um well I I Crap. said it, but I don't I immediately forgot it. Immediately okay. out of my head. It, Music, Music City, City Brewer. Citrus wheat. Citrus wheat. Cheers. We're not very good at this so far. To 50 years at Bluegrass you Beverages. Just keep that on you. you can, oh. That was not a good all. Well, it was a 
you know, we had the tropical IPA, so it's not a bad beer. I don't want that ugh to get, you know, it's misconstrued. It's a stark contrast. But when we talk about a tropical IPA that we had earlier from Creature Comforts and then yeah. have this one by Music City Brewery that's a citrus sweet, I tasted the citrus or the flavors a little yeah. bit more. So it just kind of caught me a little off. There's guard. a lot going on in my mouth right now. Yeah. We've gone sour, tropical IPA, and now citrus wheat. Yeah. So. And then you also had the wonderful not uh, around the world southern nacho fries from the with barbacoa recipe. from the rolling recipe. Yeah. So, so I'm gonna puke off the side of the boat later. That'll be great. All right. Here's here's the question. Everybody's arguing who's the backup. Who's the backup? Who's the backup quarterback? Like that's yeah. everybody's. Is it Willis? Is it Levis? Is it Willis? Is it Levis? It doesn't really matter, right? What matters, though, yeah. is will we see one of them in a game starting? So that starting. let me clarify. We are talking about starting. We're not coming in for duty. If in like maybe if someone gets injured and they come in and play a couple quarters or if they are in there because it's a blowout or something like that. And we're not talking about if Malik Willis comes in for like an end around that he eventually fumbles because that's what he <laughs> likes to do. We're talking about starting yep. a game. Okay. So it's a two-part question for you, Stoney. Mm -hmm. Will we see Malik Willis or Levis start a game, yes or no? And the over-under, we're setting at 1.5 games. Uh, I am I'm going under 1.5, and I don't, I don't think we see either of them start a game this season. I think they're going to do a better job of protecting Tannehill. I think the window's open for one more season. I think this group is going to go for it. And I think Ryan Tannehill, you're going to have to drag his dead corpse off the field for him not to play. Now, let me say this. Will that coincide with your record prediction? Because if the, if, I don't know what your record prediction is, and I don't want you to spoil it. Okay. But what I want to ask you is that if the Tennessee Titans have the division by week 18, do you think? Well, see, that's a, so that's what yeah. I want to throw out there. So well, if you I, need to kind of do a maybe or a situational, I wanted to give you that option. Situational. The situation would be obviously if Tannehill's hurt or if they have the AFC South wrapped up by then. I don't think they will, though, because okay. their last two games are at Houston and hosting Jacksonville. So I think the AFC South is still going to be up for grabs in those last two games. Okay, so I am going to go. Yes, we will see them. Okay. I think we will see Levis for one game. But I'm taking the under of 1.5, so I'm okay. really, I'm really yeah. riding the tightrope there. So, what would you do if the decision was yours to make, and what do you think the Titans would do without Tannehill? Would you, who would you pick to go out there as backup, and who do you think the Titans will pick? I, I think th both answers are Levis. Uh, I think I would pick Willis. I, I, you would pick Willis. Yeah, right now. You think you they will trust Willis? To not turn it over, because that's what you want your backup to do. In a, well, it depends on the situation, like we yeah. were just talking about. If this is like week 17, they already have the AFC South wrapped up. I think they, I, I think Willis would be the, uh, the yeah, better option I there. I think it would be you, Levis. You let Levis rest. You give him the, the, the future heir apparent treatment and just don't play him at all this year. Well, let me say this. Now, Patrick Mahomes got the start. Uh, in in Kansas City, you so that, this shit, yeah, Zach? so that's why I think it's Levis. You have to make sure you have to see what you got in Levis. You know what you got in Willis. Yeah. So you, well, to me, that's that's what's all about is that you have to get to know what you got with Levis. And if you're putting Levis out there against a team that maybe that's Jacksonville, right? That's still yeah. maybe fighting for yeah. a wild card spot. Then and you, but your spot's already locked up. Then you're going to have a pretty good litmus test for what Will Levis could do against an average NFL defense. 
I think they would pick Levis. I think Levis will be the backup quarterback this season, but I don't know, man. I kind of feel like uh, I kind of feel like I wouldn't be surprised if they tried to protect him a little bit and go with Willis. We'll see. We'll see. All right. Speaking of Tannehill, speaking of the quarterbacks, next question. Do we need another beer? Uh, no. Let's let's wait after this okay, one. Let's after this one. Will we see Tannehill? With 4,000 passing yards this year, which would be the first quarterback to do that for the Houston Oilers slash Tennessee Titans okay. since Warren Moon. Yeah. So will mm-hmm. you see, will we finally see a 4,000 yard passer here in Nashville? And then if not, or if so, over or under 3,700 yards? Oh, man. Off the top, I think I'm, I think I'm leaning under there but for me this question is about opportunity and i look at nine teams in the nfl nine teams not individual quarterbacks nine teams in the nfl had four thousand yards passing a season ago that's those, it those teams had from philadelphia with 536 attempts to tampa bay number one in the league with 751 pass attempts the Titans only attempted 456 passes in 2022. So you do the math, and to make that up, it would be 4.7 more passes per game from Tannehill just to get that kind of volume that it takes to get to 4,000 yards. 4.7, you know, it doesn't sound like a whole lot, but you're talking about consistently week in and week out. This is a team that still has Derrick Henry. They just drafted Ty J. Spears. Julius Chestnut runs hard, makes the uh, the 53-man roster. I just don't see it. I, I don't see them committing to five more passes per game every week of the season for Tannehill to get the volume to get that kind of yardage. Well, I will say this. Two two seasons ago, when Tannehill was fully healthy yeah. the whole season, they mm-hmm. were around 536 passing yards or pass attempts, yeah. not including dropbacks where he was sacked. Okay. They were somewhere around there. It was the most passing attempts that he's had since he's been at Tennessee Titans. And he got up to 3,800 yards, and that's with throwing, you know, A.J. Brown wasn't healthy. Julio Jones wasn't healthy. There wasn't yeah. a tight end to throw to. Mm-hmm. Um, no, Derrick Henry was injured for half the year. So I'm looking at this, looking at the passing off- offensive line, and he got so close in 2021 yeah. that I'm going to have to go over, and I'm going to have to say, finally, a 4,000-yard passer has come to Nashville because I've already made the prediction, and it's my bold fantasy prediction that Ryan Tannehill will finish as a top 12 quarterback in fantasy I'm with barring that. injury. I'm with that. I make him top 10. Top 10. I'm I'm cool with that too. Um yeah, like I said, like you do the math and it's really not all that hard to see a path for Tannehill uh to get to that figure and also like we still don't really know what the new offense is going to look like. It seems from the moves they've made, you talked about them getting shifting to more of a pass protecting offensive line that maybe this is an indication with Tim Kelly's offense, the pieces around him, they are going to throw the ball a little bit more. And if they do, I don't think it's, it's that unreasonable to suggest that he could get to the 4,000 yard mark. Yeah. I'm really feeling it. I mean, you got DeAndre Hopkins, you got Chica Conquo, you got Ty J Spears or Taze or however now you're trying to say as good as mine. Yeah. This, this old Ty J Ty J Taze kind of deal that we got going on. I'm just not feeling it. Yeah, I'm, I'm with sticking you. with Ty Jang. Yeah. Because that's how it's spelled. And I feel like there's no Z in there. There's no A in there. I don't get it. There is so, an A in there. So I'm going to dispute this little thing. I'm going to okay. have to hear it from him. I'm going to have to hear how he pronounces it yeah. himself. 
Somebody needs to ask him that. Somebody yes. in the media room, just ask him straight up. Pronounce your name. But with all these guys, Derek Henry gets involved with Traylon Burks that we haven't even really discussed at all, you know, in this whole situation. Yeah. Even with Chris Moore, Kyle Phillips comes back, hopefully, and puts in a couple of games. Colton Dow looks like he could stretch the field a little bit. He looks like a faster version of NWI. I feel that at this point, it just has to happen. Yeah. Like it just has to happen for this team. And I think the best case scenario is Ryan Tannehill because I don't know from anything we've seen in college, from anything we've seen, and I know it's very early for me to say this, I don't see a 4,000 pass, 4,000 yard passer in Will Levis. Okay. So well, if it's going to happen anytime soon, this, this is, is the best chance for it to happen. And I'm betting on Ryan Tannehill. Listen, this does not mean I think that the Tennessee Titans are going to win a playoff game with Ryan Tannehill as quarterback. He's just a very good regular season quarterback. To, to each his own. I think he can win in the playoffs. He just hasn't. All right, let's get us another beer over right, here. What are we going with now? You said this was from yeah, top so to bottom? Yeah, so from top to bottom. So this is from Half Batch Brewing, so I know that. And what do we got right here? Two-foot cream ale. Two-foot cream ale. I love a good cream ale. I love ale. a good cream ale as well. Cheers there to we 50 go. years Cheers. of bluegrass Cheers beverages. Cheers to 50 years. Mm, mm-hmm. See, I could crush that. That's good. That's good. You didn't have to crush yours right there. But oh, that's good. That is good. Over at stackingtheinbox.com, where we both produce some written content for the Tennessee Titans, I talked about this next question. I okay. used some data, used some linear regression models, big math stuff in Excel and all that kind of stuff to legit kind of predict. Math. Legit not, math. Not my funny math. Not funny math. But legit math to give us the over-unders on a complete season. From DeAndre Hopkins, okay? Oh, we're going DeAndre. Yeah, we're going DeAndre. All right. All right. So I have it at 89.5 receptions. Okay. 1,009 yards, 135.5 targets, and 5.5 touchdowns. Okay. You're asking me over, under on each? Over, under on each. All right. I'm going, uh, I'm going under on the receptions. I've got him at 62. I'm going under on the yardage. I've got him at 763. The targets I didn't prepare for, but I'm going to say under there. And I'm actually going to say over on the touchdowns. Okay, so now you're going to have to tell me why you think that, because that is some, that's some low target, and he's been a guy that's being fed. So I'm assuming you have some built-in missed games. I think, yeah, I do. I account for the missed games. I looked at the average number of games that he's played over the last three seasons. I looked at the average number of receptions over each of the last three seasons, thinking, too, like, he was in a pass-heavy offense in Arizona, so I think those numbers are going to come down in the Titans' offense, new offense, even if they are throwing the ball a little bit more. But just looking at his production, I think you can expect kind of a come down from his 7.1, 7.1 receptions per game. That's that's kind of a big number. And I'm, I'm still a believer in Traylon Burks, Chigakonkwo. These guys, Tajay Spears, Derrick Henry catching the ball in addition to running the ball. I think this offense is going to spread it around more than people are thinking. I don't know that I'm buying that there is necessarily going to be a true number one wide receiver in this offense. So I'm kind of lower on DeAndre Hopkins in terms of production. I think what he means for this offense is of paramount importance. I think he's a huge figure that makes this obviously a much more complete passing offense. But I think the production is going to be a little more. I think people expecting big inflated numbers for him. I think they're going to be a little disappointed this season. Well, here, here, I'm in an odd situation here because I kind of out. agree. I've, I've kind of agree with uh, some of what you said, 
But what I'm going to push back on is I think he's going to be super efficient. Okay. <laughs> what I mean by that is I think he's going to be under the receptions and the targets yeah. over the yards and over the touchdowns. Okay. Because I think he's well, just going to be super efficient with the ball. Ryan Tannehill shows that he's going to feed him. But I think 135 in a Tennessee Titans offense, even though I did include Tennessee Titans numbers, number one wide receivers in my math model, but I also included the Houston targets ah, under okay. Tim Kelly as well okay. to DeAndre Hopkins. I And when I say I think he's going to be under 89.5 and under 135.5, it's because I think he's going to be like 125 and 79. Okay. Like, I think he's okay. still going to be super efficient with the yardage, so I'm going to go over on the yards and over on the touchdowns. The reason I go over on the touchdowns is that this is this has historically been, under Mike Vrabel, a team that is really efficient in the red zone. Mm -hmm. And I really like Hopkins in the red zone because he's not going to be asked to stretch the field vertically. He's not going to be asked to be the deep threat. But I don't know that they're going to go to Burks in those situations either. I think they'll go with a guy that has a reputation for like the stickiest hands in the NFL that can separate in short areas. So or go up and get the ball and make a two-handed yeah, or two-foot touch down you, in the background. You trust a guy like that in in the red zone. So I think when they get there, I think he's going to be their primary option in the red zone this season. So I'm going over on the touchdowns for that reason. All right, I think we got a beer per question from here on in. Okay, so, so get another beer. Let's, so let's get another beer here. All right, another all right. half batch, and we're currently is, at 30 minutes, so we're doing pretty good. Ooh, got another IPA. Uh, let's do another IPA. IPA. Yeah, another IPA from half batch. And what's this one called? This one is called the Street Sweeper. The IPA. Street Sweeper. Yeah. Does this mean that we're going to be it's not as it's it's cloudy like the one oh, that you I had like in New it. Orleans, but it's not I as like pale yeah. as that one. So this is a good color IPA. Yeah. Okay. It's a hazy IPA. Cheers. Street Sweeper. It's a 50 years. Bluegrass beverages. Mm. Mm -hmm. That's my kind of now beer. That's an, that's an IPA. That's my kind of beer right there. Like it. I like what I like what um, Half Batch is cooking up here. You know, Half Batch is also here in Hendersonville. They're just down the street. They're you know next. They're at, in a shopping center just down the street on the right. So we're at five fifty five East Main Street. You can come out and get some free samples. Come out and get some fabulous food. Uh, go in here and shop at their huge. I mean, like you see us. We're at the very end of the store, and it stretches all the way, all the way down there. All the way down. This there. is one of the biggest liquor stores. As I yell to avoid you hearing the <laughs> siren. It's yeah. one of the biggest liquor stores that Live I've TV ever been now. into, and it is—it's great. It's—it's it's very clean. Like I've been to some places downtown that I don't want to give them any free shout-outs. No, of course but this not. place is clean, spacious. You don't feel very confined when no. you go around with your shopping cart. Great liquor store right here, five fifty-five East Main Street, Bluegrass Beverages, celebrating. Look, I'll tell years. you what—we're sitting right here next to the section of Spanish wines. Mm -hmm. I love a good Spanish wine. It's been yep. teasing me all morning. It's looking at you, but Just that's not. Uh, let me say this. Not a good boat drink, red wine. Not a good boat not drink. Good boat no, drink. it is not. I don't think I'll take a bottle out there. So we're going to be going to Derek Henry next. And over at StackingInbox.com, where we both write Film Friday right now, Aziz Al-Shair. Yep. And then yep. Uh, I, earlier this week, unleashed a new stat called the age curve for elite running backs. Because it's not fair when you talk about running back stats and their regression to include a guy like Lamont Jordan or Peyton Hillis <laughs> in with Derrick Henry. Yeah. That is not fair. So there are no, 48 superstar running backs that have played six seasons in the NFL, 
have been at the top of their position at one point or another. That was the criteria. And I'm going with Derrick Henry. And there I found that he would probably be over 1,400 yards and over. I've, I got him over both these numbers. Okay. But does not okay. necessarily mean that you have to take the over. But so I want people to play at home too. So over yeah. under 1,425 yards and 12.5 touchdowns. I'm going under on both of them. Whoa. On both That's of them. That's bad news for Mike Herndon, who kept him in the first round in our league <laughs> record. I, I just, man, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm drinking. Uh, I'm drinking the Ty J Spears Kool-Aid too much, but I feel like there's going to be more balance in this offense. And I feel like for the first time in a long time, Derrick Henry has a running mate with him that is as many times as John Robinson tried to secure for this roster, failed to do so. But I believe in Spears, and I think he's really going to eat into uh, Henry's workload a bit. And I think that when you do factor in his age and you do factor in that, you know, he, he did kind of take the slightest bit of a step back in 2022 that they're going to want to get somebody else in there to keep the train rolling a little bit. And I think Ty J Spears is capable of doing that. So it's not necessarily about Henry's ability. It's about his opportunity. All right. I'm going over on both. Okay. Okay. Because right. here's he does play the Texans. Here's twice, where yeah, he so. plays the Texans twice. But here's where I'm at on this is that we'll get to the Tajay or Tazay, whatever he's called now. Mm -hmm. We'll get to the Spears topic coming up next. But I was looking at what the running back two has traditionally done behind Derrick Henry since since Deion Lewis. (laughs) It ain't much. uh, In 2019. Yeah. So I I think he's going to eat into it, but not as much as what we think. But also Derrick Henry, and I don't know if you've seen the comments. I don't know where they came from, but comments last night or came over the last 24 hours. So we're recording this on a Saturday if you're not watching this live. Okay. So he said that he is running for every running back in the NFL. He is out to prove that running backs deserve a bigger slice of the pie. And when you have an angry Derrick Henry coming at you, how are you going to stop it? I, Derrick Henry is going to get over on both. And this is just rushing. We're not including passing or anything like that. And I think Derrick Henry is going to go over on both. And I think I got a bold take. Here's my fire oh, take. Here we go. Here we go. I've been a I've been a big detractor of Derrick Henry's, even though I'm a huge fan of Derrick yeah. Henry, the mm-hmm. player. But I've been wanting to move away from a running back for a while and to go into a system that that passes more. I sure. think that actually helps Derrick Henry open up some running lanes. Okay. I think that we are going to see history made a 2000 yard season from Derrick Henry convinced me last night with his words that he's playing. He's running angry. As they say, I was about to make a joke and say, I take it back, Zach. I didn't know that information until now. 2000 yard season and coming 30 touchdowns. Let's go. Book it. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking though. That I just feel, all against the Houston Texans. I feel the passing actually helps take pressure off of him. Yeah, I sure. think Deandre Hopkins helps get some people out of the box. I think when yeah. Traylon Burks and him are both healthy, they both get people out of the box. Yeah. To me, I think the way that they're going to spread out and tack these offenses and be a little bit more creative out of their formations is going to keep the defense guessing with a chip on his shoulder from last year, with a chip on his shoulder for all running backs this year, this man's running with the purpose. And when you see a Derrick Henry run with purpose, you see someone get stiff-armed into the stands. Derrick Henry, you heard it here first. I've seen a couple people say it, but you've heard it here first. <laughs> 2,000 yards season coming at you. This man's spitting. All right. Are we yes. ready for another ready for another beer? Okay. 
All right. Speaking of running backs, half we're going to half batch. This is the Falcon Scottish Ale. The Falcon Scottish Ale, not fucking Scottish not Ale. The fucking Scottish. But it's Ale. the Falcon Scottish no. Ale. Okay. From Half Batch Brewery. I've had this before. It's actually really good. Cheers to 50 years of bluegrass beverages here in Hendersonville, Tennessee. Mm. That's just such a smooth I love, Scottish Ale. I love a Scottish Ale. So smooth. High drinkability on that one. We're going to be talking about Ty J Spears here. Good flavor, too. That's a good, it is rich, so good. rich Scottish Ale. So we're going all purpose yards. Okay, all-purpose yards and touchdowns. Okay. Okay, so my all-purpose yards over under at 455.5 yards. Way over. And touchdowns of 5.5. I didn't do the math for his touchdowns. What did, what did you say his touchdowns 5.5. I'm going to say under on the touchdowns. Okay. But over on the yards. No, you know what? I'm going to say over on the touchdowns. Because I'm going over on both. <laughs> because you know what? We, have been, we were the first... Tajay Spears believers, truthers. We, we told were. you that he was going to be explosive. We February. told you February in February that this was the guy that you needed to compliment Derrick Henry. We were all over it. Really, it's January because remember it started in January. That's true. We, we started scouting yeah, we ended in, February. in January, and Ty J. Spears was one of the first ones. We so I'm watched. going with yeah. it. I'm, I'm I'm sticking by our man. Stand no, by I'm your man as uh, was it Whitney Houston, Dolly Parton, who sings Stand by Loretta your man. Lynn. Loretta Lynn. Who was it? Oh, we've got our production assistant yeah. looking that up right now. Stand by your man, though, but... Tammy Wynette. Tammy Wynette. Um, it's going to bug me until we know. We're going to have to... I got uh, Tammy, it. Tammy Wynette. Wynette. All right. That. I'm standing by him over on both. In fact, I think he's going to have over 600 all-purpose yards. And now listen, I am not including, and maybe you did, special teams yardage. If he goes I did back not include kick. special so teams. So I'm not including special teams yards, and I'm not going to... If he gets 590 and has 11 yards i'm not going to accept it on punt returns it's going to be 600 over 600 gonna, yards you think they're going to use them on punt they returns? may be forced to yeah i don't i, I hope not yeah I over not. 600 yards all purpose rushing and receiving and over 5.5 touchdowns i've got exact numbers for you right, let's do it all right this is we're going to get some some loose math going ethan you better be listening this is going to be good betting <laughs> betting advice we're giving you good betting advice ethan's watching the game i can hear yeah what's the, the score uh, what is the score 21 okay. to 3, right. University of Tennessee playing Virginia in yeah. Nissan Stadium right yeah. now. And uh, only 21 there, to 3, which way. is pretty laughable. <laughs> Spread was 27 and a half. I know. You got yeah. better hurry. Okay. So the funny math on how I get to Tyson Spears' numbers, I think he's going to eat into about a seventh of Derrick Henry's workload on top of getting all of the work that Jonathan Ward, Dontrell Hilliard, whoever got a season ago. So. In 2022, Derrick Henry had 349 carries. Mm -hmm. All other running backs on the Titans amassed 61. So, like I said, I'm going to give um, Tajay Hilliard's 22 carries, Haskins 25, and I'm going to give him 53 of Derrick's uh, carries for 100 carries on the season. That's 5.8 carries per game. His average yards per carry at Tulane was 6.8. He averaged 5.3 yards per carry in the preseason. So if you take that um, increase in competition from Tulane to the preseason and then from the preseason to the regular season NFL, I project a decline to 4.13 yards per carry this season. So 4.13 yards per carry times 100 carries. 413 rushing yards. Let's do the same for the catches. Derrick Henry had 33 catches. All other running backs on the team had 31. So uh, I'm giving him five of Derrick Henry's catches to get him to 42 catches. 
He averaged 11.6 yards per catch at Tulane, five yards per catch in the preseason. So you uh, average that out. I think, I don't know, I didn't write it down. 8.4 yards per carry times 42 catches is 353 receiving yards for a total of 766 all-purpose yards. I like in the bet. I like it. I, I don't. I don't dispute I it. I would, Maybe I was a little conservative with the 600, but I like it. 700 and did you say 66? 766. 766 yeah. yards. So you've heard it here first. Take the over on everything. Tajay Spears, right now on drinking the FanDuel, DraftKings, wherever. We're sticking by our gut instincts. You can't yeah. stop us now. Nope, you cannot. Another beer? Another beer. All right. We're finishing off the half batch. We're going to need a beer for this kind of uh, discussion right here. We're talking about Christian Fulton, who has had such an up and down career. But you know what's not up and down are these beers from Half Batch Brewing. This is the Hefeweizen. The Hefeweizen from Half Batch Brewing. Another heavy beer. Cheers to 50 years. 50 years. Bluegrass Beverages, Hendersonville, Tennessee. I like a good Hefe. No, that's pretty. That's pretty good. It's pretty it good. Was that like a little spice at the end? Maybe a little nutmeg? Yeah, or something. A little something, something in there. A little thickness. Yeah. So Christian Fulton has averaged 1.5 interception, at least one interception every yeah. season. So it's 1.25. Four interceptions in three years. Yeah. So 1.25. So I get. I ask you. I'm setting it at 1.5. Is this the year? And this may lead into our next question. If you're going to be bumping this number up a lot. What do you think Christian Fulton is going to do 1.5 interceptions over under? Man, it, it's funny because I actually jotted down in my notes the over under has to be set at 1.5 yeah. for him. I think the important thing to consider here is that he's only played on average 10 games per year throughout his career so far. And I also think it goes back to the style of the defense that they play. Like, similarly to how from the uh, defensive front, like they're content to just rush the quarterback and affect the quarterback. I don't think affect the quarterback just pertains to the defensive front. It's not just sacks and it's not just uh, pressure, but also coverages, disguising it so that the um, the quarterback is a little rattled, doesn't know where people are going. It's not necessarily a ball production defense. It's more of a smoke and mirrors kind of, of defense, if that makes sense. Um, and I think because of that, like, I'm still worried about this defensive back group from a talent standpoint, but knowing the philosophy that they're basically they're not asking their guys to go down the field and cover receivers like 40 yards down the field on a regular basis. The hope is keep them in front of you, contain them in short spaces just long enough for the pass rush to get home. So I don't think this is necessarily why you see or I don't think this is why you see the, the Titans cornerback specifically get too many interceptions. And I think Christian Fulton is no different. So you factor in the uh, you factor in the injury history. You factor in the style of defense the Titans play. It's hard to project a high amount of interceptions for any of the cornerbacks on the Titans roster. But I'm going to give Christian Fulton the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to say that the uh, the yoga has made his body stronger, and I think he's going to be counted upon more this off se- or this season to be the number one cornerback. He'll play some more, and I think he gets the two interceptions. I'm I'm with you. I'm taking the over because I I agree with you. He is a guy that is playing with a vengeance. He has determined determined that this he's taken the words of being put on blast last this past off yes. season from Mike Vrabel earlier in the off season towards the end of the year, the regular season being kind of associated with the term eight to four guy guys that can't stay healthy, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, he seems like he's taking it to heart. He I think we're going to see the 
the guy that John Robinson drafted him to be. And that sure. was the guy that we've all saw on tape at LSU. We saw on tape a physical man corner who can manhandle receivers at the line, who can get in their head, get them frustrated. I go back to the 2021 season, which was his best season, where he was in the head of DK Metcalf from start yeah. to finish in week yeah. two of that Seattle yeah. game. And I think Christian Fulton is going to be that guy this year. He's going to get in the heads of the number one wide receiver, whoever he may be lining up against. And I'm going to be bold. And I'm going to say he's going to get more than two interceptions. Okay. And because he's got something to prove. I'm betting on people that have something to prove. You're, you're going a lot of overs. It's almost like you think the Titans are going to be good this year. Titans are going to be pretty good. My huh. record prediction may not huh. reflect what I think is going to happen, but there's also other stuff that happens in a okay. game that is out of their control. All right. But I think that Fulton is finally going to get three interceptions. I don't think he leads the team in interceptions, and we are not prepared for this. But I do think it's Amani Hooker. don't know if you have anybody that you want to throw out there that leads the team in interceptions, but I think Amani Hooker does. Oh, I don't off the top of my head. You know I'm a big Roger McCreary guy, but he's not a ball hawk. He's not a ball production kind of defensive back. I'm not the biggest Sean Murphy bunting fan. Again, not a ball production defensive back. So... I'm kind of leaning. I, I think I would lean Kevin Byard or Imani Hooker. I think it comes from the safety position where quarterbacks are throwing over the middle. All right. We got three more. Or we got three more beers, but two more questions. Okay. So only two? No, only, I thought we had Well, we, we technically got four questions, but they're only okay. two cards. So I've been okay. trying to do it by card. Gotcha. So, so we need another beer. So we need another. I think right. we're on seltzers now. No, we're, we've still got a uh, Jackalope Lovebird. Oh, the lover. I love Jack Brewing. I do too. I love so uh ooh. almost into so Portland. Thunder Ann was the first craft beer I've ever had. Really? Back, back when it's a good beer. It would just when craft beer first started coming around, it would have been pre-2014. Yeah. Okay, so that'd be pre before then. And I used to get at Whole Foods, but I love Thunder Ann. And I loved getting into their Sarka Pilsner is my favorite of Red Jackal. But I love the Sarka Pilsner. I'm a Bear Walker guy. Yeah. You like the Bear Walker? Yeah. Okay, so cheers to 50 years. Bluegrass Beverages, Hendersonville, Tennessee. I don't think I've had a Lovebird. I believe I've had a Lovebird, but I'll tell you in a minute. Yeah, that's pretty I have. good. That's good. I've been called a Lovebird. Have you now? I have. Oh, Don Juan Casanova. Yeah, there we here. go. All right. This is where things get a little spicy. This is where, and I'm sorry that we're not in the chat, being able to interact with you guys or anything like that. And I don't Are know if even any the chat's blowing up. She may not even know how to look. No, she doesn't. But let's that's not okay. worry about that. But no if you're in the chat, we're sorry. Okay. Name the all pros for the Tennessee Titans. I think they're going to have one that I would be willing to bet money on this okay. year, and that's Jeffrey Simmons. Okay. I think Derrick Henry's a candidate. I think Ryan Stonehouse is a candidate. And then um, let's get fucking nuts, Zach. You want to? Because the media that votes on the All-Pro does not know how to evaluate the offensive line. They go based off of name recognition. The oh. reigning the reigning left guards of your All-Pro team are Joel Batonio, Joe Thune. Good players, don't get me wrong. But I don't think they're that far ahead of what we're hearing about Peter Skaronsky. So. Putting the pieces together, this offensive line going to run the ball effectively if they're better pass uh, pass pro, like you were talking about either earlier in the show or before we um, before we started recording. I think teams are going to target the right side of that offensive line. I think it's going to make the left side look better. I think the media is going to look at the stats and they're going to look at Peter Skaronsky being drafted as highly as he was. 
And I think there's a chance that if Skaronsky is as good as advertised, which I think he will be, and all the reports we're hearing is that this guy already looks like a pro's pro, I think there's a chance that Peter Skaronsky gives him the old Jack Conklin and gets all pro his rookie season. Woo, I like it. And I had him on my list as well. No, you did yeah, not. I did. I have Peter Skaronsky <laughs> on there as well. I, I'm feeling spicy. Yeah, so I it think is that, spicy. It's spicy. Okay. I'm going a little bit spicier. Okay. I think the Tennessee Titans have four all-pro members. Now, these are guys you're projecting to win it. To not win like it. In, in the race yeah, for In the race for I want them to win it. Okay. okay. Peter Skaronsky. Okay. Jeffrey Simmons. Okay. Chiga Conquo. Okay, there we go. And Derrick Henry. It. Yeah. Because if Derrick right. Henry is going to get 2,000 yards, he's definitely getting an all-pro vote. It's so I got to, I got to, if I'm betting on one, yeah. I got to, they got to tie it into another. And to your point, Stonehouse, Stonehouse set the punting record last, last year it. and nobody knew who he was because the, the media doesn't watch football. Well, and also, I don't know if Stonehouse is going to be overthinking his punts because okay. he's trying to work on accuracy. So I don't know. He may be good, but is he going to be record setting? Yeah. So, like, I don't Fair know. Fair enough. But I'm going with four, and I'm going with those four. Because I, I have said earlier on a football show, earlier in the offseason, in one of our spicy hot takes for Tennessee Titans, I said Chig Oconquo gets in the All-Pro. I've got Chig in my group for the next question. You're he, he's, a, he's a darling. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's a media darling because of all the people see the stats of, like, the high yards oh, yeah. reception. Oh, yeah. So if he continues that, gets all the snaps, you should see a borderline, like, Delaney Walker performance. And I know that that means that he's going to have to beat out Travis Kelsey. And I know that means he has to beat out George it's Kittle. It's a tough field. It's a tough deal. But Mark I think Andrews. his playmaking ability versus their age Ah, I think okay. he's going to catch up on them. It's the dawning of a new era at the tight like end position. It. I like it. That's bold. That is bold. Yeah. Name the pro bowlers. Obviously, we, okay. we probably both think Jeffrey Simmons. We both think Derek Henry. We both think Chiga Conquo. Peter Skaronsky. Peter Skaronsky. Name us something that someone, name the people besides those that we've named that you think is going right. to make the pro bowl. Um, Ryan Stonehouse, who I had in my all pro discussion as well. DeAndre Hopkins. Okay. Uh, Chiga Conquo. Kevin Byard. I think by proxy, like one of the best safeties in the league. That seems to be really good if it's filled with all these pro bowlers. I got I got a couple of uh, I got a couple of spicy ones. I think Arden Key. I think he's going to get the sack production. I think he's going to have the stats that are going to be eye popping enough for people to take notice. And I don't know that it's necessarily a hard group to break into there from the uh, the outside linebacker spot. And then this one might this one might trigger some Titans fans, but Ryan Tannehill. Okay, so I, I got Ryan Tannehill, Derrick okay, Henry, Jeffrey Simmons, Chiga Conquo, and obviously the all-pro guys that name. Okay, so I got Ryan Tannehill plus those. Amani Hooker. Yeah. You know who's not going to make yeah. the Pro Bowl this year? Who? Kevin Byard. Wow. And it's wow. not because of stats. I just don't think – I think he's going to get lost in the shuffle because I think okay. we're going to start seeing the safety decline. Okay, there we go. But I think Amani Hooker is going to steal the spotlight Ooh. from Kevin Byard. I'm not ready because to he's getting yet. all the interceptions. I think yeah. you're talking about a playmaking safety. If you're in the field, on the field with a playmaking safety, you're likely to get overshadowed by Amani Hooker. And I'm expecting big things for Amani Hooker. Pro Bowl for Amani Hooker. All right, there you have it. We t- time for another beer. Time for another beer. Time for another beer. We we are going to the uh, we are going to Good Boy Vodka, and we have. The uh, I don't know which is which. I, but I think the peach one or whatever is in your hand is the first one. The Blackberry John Daly. That must be it. All right. We've got a Blackberry John Daly from Good Boy Vodka. 
Okay, so we're going to split this one up into two, okay? So okay. that way we'll get to the other one when we're done with this one. Let's, let's drink this. Cheers. Or you know what? Cheers. We'll have that for our ending segment. That can be our, our uh, show cap, if you will. Blackberry, right? Yeah. How long have we been on? Do you know? Approaching probably 45 52. minutes. 52. So we're getting close. Okay, here we go. Oh, man. Woo. Okay, this is going to be easy. That's really, really good, by the way. I don't it's know nice. what the ABV's on that, but that's dangerously yeah, good. Yeah, it is. That is like some nice... Uh, John Daly Blackberry, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, what well, that's what John Daly, it's a okay. sweet tea vodka. It's an Arnold Palmer, but with vodka. Oh, okay. I never knew that. Okay, division and playoffs. So we're going to get to the record prediction last. Okay. But are they going to win the division? Yes. Yes. When they're in the playoffs, will they advance out of the first round? Whatever round they're in, will they advance out of that round? I drew something up last night, Zach. Oh, gosh. And people need to keep in mind that I do write fiction. I okay. do have 15 short stories that are available for purchase on Patreon. For Sobros Network. For Sobros Network. So I do like to dabble in a good story from time to time. Let me play this scenario okay. out for you. All right. The Titans win the AFC South. They're the four seed. The Baltimore Ravens win the AFC North after a hotly contested race between them and the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals get the top wild card spot. They come to Nashville, the Titans' exact revenge on the Bengals in the first round. They go to the top-seeded Kansas City Chiefs the following week. They get revenge for that AFC championship, and then they meet the Baltimore Ravens, the classic rival in the AFC championship, and they win it there. They get revenge over the Baltimore Ravens. They go to the Super Bowl where a team runs through the NFC by the name of the Philadelphia Eagles. The Titans get to the Super Bowl. They beat the Philadelphia Eagles, and we never have to hear about the A.J. Brown ever again. Titans, 17-0 Super Bowl champs. I don't know what you were drinking last night. Does that make for a good script, though? I mean, that is a fantastic script. We could make that a movie. But do you think, here's the thing, we, we know that there's commercials poking fun at the NFL writing scripts, right? Yes. So at this point, do we do we do we think that they're really going to write something in favor of the Tennessee Titans? Maybe depends on who's got the pen. It's really good. It's a really good <laughs> script, and I am I love it. I want to be all in on it. Storybook ending. But I do have them winning the division with ease. I don't think it will come to any surprise. I think they'll go undefeated in the division. Yeah, because I think the Jaguars are overrated. I think they sweep I the think, Jags, and I think they sweep the Texans, and I think they sweep the Colts. Because the Colts are just being poorly mismanaged right now, and they get the Colts early in the season. I'm all in on the Tennessee Titans sweeping the division. I'm all in on them putting up a pretty good-looking record, which we'll get to in a minute. Okay. But it will all mean nothing. Because it will be just like when they went 12-4 and four a few years ago. Uh, they're going to they're gonna look really well. They're going to be that team that everybody's like, oh, here's the plucky underdog that you have to get. They're, yeah. they're Mike Vrabel's play, coaching like a man-possessed. Ryan Tannehill's got something to prove to the rest of the league. And Derrick mm-hmm. Henry's showing why you should pay running backs. That's going to be the narrative. And then they're going to go to have a playoff game at home. And it's going to be versus the Ravens. <laughs> they're going to win. Okay. All right. We're there. And then We're they're going to go and face the Chargers. Oh, because the Chargers are somehow going to beat whoever the, I think okay. the third seed is or the fourth seed is, depending on where the Titans yeah. plays. All right. And the Chargers are going to somehow beat the t- Tennessee Titans because that's what the Chargers do. I hate them. 
I had yeah. the Chargers, but that's what's going to happen. They'll lose the second round of the playoffs. To be uh, in all seriousness, uh, I think this is a team that, you know, I've I've said all offseason, like the the DNA, the character that Mike Vrabel has put into this this program makes them a tough out no matter who they're playing. And they've shown that they can play with anybody. So I think that the part that people are sleeping on is that you have that scrappy underdog mentality. This is still a talented football team. I don't know why people are so down on the Tennessee Titans unless they're just not paying attention. So I think you pair the Titans or or the talent that the Titans have with the coaching style. And I think this is a team that can beat any team in the AFC. It's just a matter of can they do it in January? So I'm not going to be surprised. This team still has a little bit of sicko to them. I'm not going to be surprised if they get to the playoffs and they're bounced in the first round. And I'm really not going to be surprised. Uh, y'all remember that I said this. I'm not going to be surprised if this team can make it to a Super Bowl. I mean, they could. They, they got to have a lot of things go right, go yeah. their way. Just and, remember me in February. Yeah. I was the one I guy. I will remember. One guy saying that. So let's get to it. Your record prediction before we sign off for the fi- for the, your final record prediction for the 2023 season, Tennessee Titans. I've got them at 10 and 7. I think this is a team that is still going to lose some games that they probably shouldn't. I think they're going to – the Texans have to beat them at least once this season. And I'm looking late in the season at Houston. It's the second-to-last game of the season. D'Amico Ryan's going to have the culture turned around by there. I think – or by then, I think they've got some talent on defense that Lovey Smith just quite frankly didn't know what to do with. And maybe C.J. Stroud's gotten comfortable by then. I don't know. I think they still won late. I think they sweep the Jags. They're going to lose like at Miami. I'm looking at like at Pittsburgh, these games that probably seem like they could win that they they end up losing. And then I think they're going to beat a few teams that they uh, that they shouldn't. So I'm landed on 10 and seven. I landed on 10 and seven before they got DeAndre Hopkins and before they signed Travis Gibson and before we've yeah. seen what this defense can be what this defense looks to be, what we've seen from the offensive line so far, what we've seen from all these other pieces. That was a pure schedule, when the schedule came out, kind of prediction. Yeah. 10 and 7. I'm bumping it up one game to 11 and 6. And that's why I talk about things looking pretty when we're getting like, that's an aesthetic appeal, right? Oh, you got 11 wins. You were 7 wins last year. You got 11 wins this year. You're looking pretty good. You're maybe number two or number three mm-hmm. seed. Yeah. Everybody's kind of believing in you. And that's yeah. when the Tennessee Titans yeah. typically tend to let you down. So I'm going 11 and six okay. because I think that I think they're going to beat the Ravens in London. I got them losing that game. Yeah. And, and that's where I think I, I probably mainly differ from everybody else. I think they're going to beat Lamar Jackson. I think Zay Flower is a little bit overhyped right now because everybody's Ooh. having some confirmation bias with them. Ooh. I don't, I don't think they have a one. good running game. You can't rely on J.K. Dobbins. I, I think Odell's washed. I don't think that's a plus add. Rashad Bateman all. getting healthy, though? No, because no? he can't stay healthy. I'm a fantasy previous fantasy owner of Rashad <laughs> okay. Bateman. Battle I do not believe in Rashad <laughs> Bateman. Yeah. And Rashad Bateman is Zay Flowers, and Zay Flowers is Rashad Bateman, who are both are just Marquise Brown, okay. Hollywood Brown. Right. So, like, I'm just not feeling it. I think that Pittsburgh is also better than them as well. It's just the way like the schedule Pittsburgh. the schedule met, maneuvers at the end of the season in favor of them. It's I know it's a difficult road the first few games, but the Colts are trash in that first six games. I already had them beating. I actually had them losing that game to the Colts initially because I thought maybe it'd be a little That's bit different, but I don't think it's going to be 
that anymore. I think that's a flip script. So I'm going 11 and 6, Tennessee Titans final record prediction from both of us. Did I say 10 and 7? I meant 17 and 0. There you go, 17 and 0. Technically 19 and 0 because they get the bye and then yeah. they head to the well, Super no, Bowl. 20, so and 20 and 0. Yeah, 20 and 0. 20 and 0 football team, 2011. I love it. That will do it for us. 555. We got one more drink. We got one more drink. So let's go get that. This is the the good boy vodka peach mango seltzer. I like it. The last one's really good. Peach mango. Cheers cheers to 50 years. Bluegrass beverages in Hendersonville, Tennessee. They're going to be out here till 4 p.m. today. Man, thanks to Adam. Thanks to Bluegrass Beverages for having us out here. It's been a great show. This is going to be a great afternoon. I'm going to go house those uh, around the world southern nacho fries. Yes, that's correct. From the rolling recipe, frosted luau's out here. Tons of vendors. As Zach said, this is a happening place to be here. Even if you're not in Hendersonville, make the drive. It's a wonderful, wonderful place to be right now. Go in there and get some shopping done. Bluegrass Beverages, Mm. 555 East Main Street, Hendersonville, Tennessee. Um, They have a sister store, Sinker's Beverages in East Nashville. But that will do it for us. I'm sweating. I'm leaking. Sobros Network. Sobrosnetwork.com is where you can find all of Stoney and his compatriots' uh, writings. They have everything from conspiracy theory pods. or well, well, How would you describe Phone It In? Is that a conspiracy? It's it's, uh, history and culture and uh, creepy and bizarre. Yeah, creepy and bizarre. Those are the four words we we use to describe it. So we got all the way from that, all the way to movies. They have food reviews. Yeah. In-depth uh, Applebee's reviews, everything yeah, you could see, SobrosNetwork.com. You can find both of our stuff at StackingTheInbox.com. Uh, we got all kinds of articles coming out. Got a kicker article coming out for Tuesday because Monday is Labor Day. So there will be no football show on Monday. Okay. There will be no Stacking the Inbox content on Monday. Enjoy your Labor Day. I, I Have a gonna, good little day vacation not to have to do anything. I'm, I'm going to do a Saints preview for um, Film Friday next okay. week. Saints but preview Film Friday. I, I just want G-Money to know if he's watching that I am going to try and get that Dylan Radin's film study I like done. It. The this Dylan Radin's film study, who I kind of yeah. think may be, and this should have been in our predictions somewhere, yeah. he may be the starting right tackle. Dylan Radin's all pro. Week one. I gotcha. I see where and you're we, going. There it is. Uh, follow him on Twitter, at Stoney Keeley. You yeah. follow me on Twitter, at EffortsPod, or X, if you're calling it that, like I try to do, but always forget. But this has been Football and Other F-Words, and you have just been effed.